0: We want mail done for you. All aboard the struggle uh, struggle bus. A blind rage seeking nothing but red Angel with Nikki welcomes you all to color me dead Be careful if you listen to this up in your bed The murder and fuckery most foul will fuck up your head Believe me, the order of the chalk lines alive and breathing Feeding off
1: readings being spoken to you by these local tubes So grip your pillow tight like a psycho choking you And sit back with skin snacks as we share this episode with you You know it's true cause it's true crime We all gotta die in due time with summer psychopaths and taking a righteous path Go out at night to slash In a white van and a Michael mask A murder mustache, true crime, holy trinity Loved by the community, keeping a low pro identity So if you're addicted to podcasts and love to talk crimes Listen to Cousin Me Dead and stay out of chalk lines
0: Welcome to Color Me Dead. This is a true crime podcast and we talk about murder and fuckery most foul in detail while using the darkest of humor.
1: If you don't like words like fuck and cunt then you probably shouldn't listen. But if you do then join us while we fuck your feelings.
0: Welcome back everybody to another fun filled episode of Color Me Dead. Color Me Dead. You like it? You like it? I so, like it. So this is the murder of Emmett Till part trois. No, on mm-hmm. du trois. Yeah, trois. That, wait, oh,
1: yeah. I'm like uh, no, we're on three. I don't know. I don't know what language you're speaking. French?
0: <laughs> I'm not here. Très. <laughs> Très. So yeah, I, I can I can speak. A, <laughs> I can speak about a thimbleful of seven different languages. I can count in like three to 10 fuck anyway so we're on episode 97 and we are winding down to the end of emmett till Mm -hmm. there's one more part
1: oh okay so i want to share something with you i didn't tell you this i was looking for other podcasts Mm -hmm. to listen about because you know listen i always do that i found one that is the new york library and they talk to the author about it
0: about the book that mm-hmm. I'm reading.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh really? Yeah, and he's like actually on the podcast talking about it. It's pretty fucking cool. Oh, do you think I, like I remember it. what it was called though? Clearly not. No. I'll put it in the show notes if anybody mm. wants to listen. But a warning to you There's a lady in the beginning and it sounds like her mouth is full of water. Oh God. And every time she says a sentence, right afterwards she goes and it is so loud and so violating that even <laughs> i was like i cannot like i can with here and there because we do them on accident sometimes but in between every sentence it was like a sentence and then i can't even do it how she did it no it was like a full like that's the
0: problem in the cave
1: shake smack oh fuck yeah i can't find it i'll have to put it in the show notes i can't remember it was the new york library something and it was just like a live a live How long thing
0: is
1: it? it's an hour long nice i'll have to yeah. check it out and and there's two different authors to two different emmett till books
0: um which is funny because th- like there's only three podcasts that have like deeply covered emmett till uh, are they we are one of them oui. we are one so today we're part three we have one more part after this and it's done Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. dun. So, episode 97 is Mamie getting Emmett's body back. Oh, God. And his funeral.
1: I don't like watching the documentaries when she talks about him, and I just want to die. It's fucking painful, dude. It is. God. Well, before we start that, should we do a few plugs?
0: Sure. Do you like a plug?
1: Not hair plugs.
0: So, if you guys want to find us on social media... You can find us on Facebook, Color Me Dead Podcast, and we also have the Color Me Dead podcast group. If you uh, Now we're going to do that the whole time. <laughs> if you guys want to find us on Twitter, which we don't check often, but we do, <laughs> you can find us at Color Me Dead Pod. And if you'd like to find us on Instagram, you can find us at Color Me Dead Podcast. You can follow Nikki at gory underscore Nikki. N-I-K-K-I, or me, at Color Me Dead Angel. Okay, thanks, bye. If you guys are interested in checking out our sponsors, doing some shopping of our sponsors, or donating to our Patreon, which we genuinely appreciate, you can check us out at ageofradio.org. or <laughs> Ageofradio.org. slash Color
1: Me Dead. And they're getting lots more. Is it called a bazaar? Like, I'm so new to this. There's more things on our bazaar now. If you click on that, it's going to help us out. Every click, every shop helps us out. Go check them
0: out. You can also check us out. Uh, Oh, wait. But you know what's awesome about our Patreon? Everything. Yes. Especially our examinators. Yes.
1: We have Rhett Harris, Melissa Morgan, Samantha Vaughn, and Sharon Hoffman. Hoffman.
0: So thank you guys very much. They are our top tier pledges, and we appreciate you guys very much. Um, also, if you want to check us out on Threadless to get some merch, we're working on several different designs. And we've got... Yay. I know. We've got different people working on different things so that we can add new things to the list of things available. But uh, our Threadless link... Is
1: colormedeadpod.threadless.com. So for episode 100... We should do more live calls. Yes. I just pretended like that was my idea, but it was angels. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there?
0: So here's how this is going to work. If you guys want to have us call you for episode one which is coming up fucking directly. Because we're in 97. 98 will be the end of Emmett Till. And then 99, I think, will sneak in like some current events. And then episode one yandrid. Yeesh so if you're interested we're going to put it out there right now on this episode so you guys either need to email us at color dead podcast at com, and we're going to call you guys and we're going to ask you questions and then you can ask us one one question one one you get one make it good so include your question include your phone number and we will call you and then we're actually going oh jesus did you Yeah, a little bit of the burpy burps for realsies there were like three of them in there uh-huh. and i was trying very hard not to but <laughs> anyway um we're gonna put it on instagram so you guys can pm us and we'll put it on facebook so you guys can pm us and twitter twitter you twitter you
1: can tweet us you can instagram so you can and we facebook will us or email
0: us keep in mind that depending on the amount of people um we might not get to do everybody
1: and if we did, if we already called you on a previous episode, we might not catch you on this one so we can get new people. Newer. New. Do you know who we should call? Who? Jeremy from the Age of Radio Network. Mary. Right. <laughs> ha. You just got voted in, Jeremy.
0: I mean, because you already have his phone number. It's not like he can say no.
1: We can bombard him because I have a weekly call with him for Age of Radio on Wednesdays. <laughs> I think it's Wednesday, so when Wednesday when I'm supposed to be having my meeting with him, you can just come over and we'll be like, you're being recorded, so... So's you know. You, you, no, don't listen to this, Jeremy. We're gonna scare you. We're
0: gonna surprise you. Okay. Meow. Here's where we left you last week. Yes. Okay, so we talked about the abduction of Emmett Till. What happened to the poor boy? you're fair fair fucking you're full you look like you just licked somebody's ass it makes me <laughs> sick and then fucking- watching
1: the documentaries
0: makes me even sicker well that's the thing is there are so there's documentaries that go pretty far back um i think one of the best documentaries that i ever saw on emmett till was in 2003 mm-hmm. and which is funny to think about that it's almost it's it's over 15 years old now yeah um Now, did you hear that? Fuck. We talked about the abduction of Emmett Till and what happened to him, um, up to and including his return back to Chicago. Now, what we're going to talk about today is the return of Emmett to his mother, Mamie, and we are going to talk about his funeral. Following that, we are going to wrap this big bastard up. Bastard. Bastard. um, With the trial of J.W., And Roy. So we're going to start with Friday, September 2nd, 1955. The train that was carrying Emmett's body back to Chicago on 12th Street was already like at this train station. There's this huge crowd that has already gathered. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Mamie and her family, um, are are going to this train station and when they get there there's already a shit ton of people maybe had tried to focus much of black chicago on this on the murder and the Mm -hmm. movement to follow but many were focused on Emmett coming home Mm because this is a big deal you know what i mean she had defied all all the things of people being like you don't get to have the body back and she's like bitch yes i do and then they were like okay but you can't open the box like here's the fucking box your kid's in it but you don't get to open it and she's like mm-hmm, we'll see
1: well yeah when a white sheriff right says he gets buried right now and she's like no 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 he comes here he comes to chicago home. and she had enough balls to carry that out from a different
0: state yeah i i good for you Mama. yes good for you yep get your I'm, boy back mm-hmm. however so i'm like however cuz then you had to see him and it's it's pretty devastating like I'm not going to post the pictures of what was in the box when it's they got maybe no. for the maybe for the Facebook group just because I know everybody in there can handle it mm-hmm. um but as far as everything else like if you want to see the photos that were taken cuz there were many taken of him once he came out of that that pine box what and what you see of those photos that was his body prepared. Yeah, that was after. That was after the Undertaker took care of some things, and we're going to get ta- get to talking about that. So um, there were at least a thousand people that were already on that train platform when Mamie showed up. So Mamie shows up. She's in a wheelchair, all right, and she has to be wheeled onto the platform. She's weak with fatigue and grief. She couldn't even stand, like, as the train was pulling in. She was like, v- <laughs> which... Anyway, fuck. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Hold please. She like so for six days. It had been six days. I'm guaranteeing you this woman probably barely ate. Oh, for I sure. doubt she slept. Mm-mm. She's been on the phone with reporters, um, you know, media outlets, that kind of thing. I'm sure she's literally cried herself into dehydration. Mm-hmm. Um, so that she so she gets there, and we're. From the minute that Emmett was abducted and she found out till now, can you imagine what, could you, could you could imagine, you? what has been going through this woman's brain? Like no. the most horrifying thoughts a mother could have.
1: Yeah. Because all the things that you don't want to happen to your kid happened to him.
0: Exactly. So she's been running ragged for almost a week. So the station's full of reporters who were recording the scene as it unfolded. Now, Mamie had proclaimed she like she's on the on the platform and what she said was Lord, you gave your only son to remedy a condition, but who knows what the death of my only son will bring. And into lynching is kind of what she was like mm-hmm. let the world fucking see what you're doing. So the Chicago Sun Times were there and they were reporting as the scene kind of unfolded. So you've got a hysterical, grief-stricken Mamie is too tired to even walk up to the platform. Fucking train pulls in, and she's like, up.
1: Oh, yeah, because adrenaline just took over. There's right. your
0: boy. My kid is on that train. So she literally sprints across three sets of tracks Damn. to get to the cargo Tri- like what do they uh, call them cargo car mm-hmm. that's holding her son so she's like she's at the baggage car and she's waiting for him to bring him off and it was recorded she like fell to her knees weeping when they brought the pine box off the train so what uh hold on i got to get my shit together cuz i got to read this
1: i and have I'm, the chills I i've know. got the chills if you a guess i don't like it
0: i've got people bumps So what was recorded of her, she said, My darling, my darling, I would have gone through a world of fire to get to you, my darling. I know I was on your mind when you were dying. The body was taken by cargo men and pulled off the train and lifted to the hearse as the family came around Mamie to like encompass her. And she was speaking to the pine box, like speaking to her son's body. You didn't die for nothing. You didn't die for nothing. And the moment that all of the horridness kind of came over her again it was captured by a thousand camera flashes as she like crumples to the floor again now that feeling of eeriness that she had about Emmett going to Mississippi in the first place and we talked Mm -hmm. about that in the first episode Mm -hmm. and the panic she felt when she learned about his abduction and the final blow of learning that you know the worst had actually happened yeah the worst possible thing literally happened to your son um, I mean all of this kind of flooded her all at once and when the emotions spewed from her body it was like screams erupting from her and all of the reporters are there and they're snapping photos as this all goes down and this is going to be immortalized in the morning editions of many newspapers kay? okay so the the when we talk about many till, um who made her grief public she, this this is exactly what i'm talking about um could she have kept this all to herself and had very private moments of overwhelming grief yeah. at the train station absolutely did she want to maybe no. but would oh, well. it maybe but would it have made an impact on the entire nation if nobody saw no no
1: no because you know this would have been swept under the rug if she hadn't done anything it would have just been another
0: one. Oh, absolutely It would have been another, just another lynching that Mm -hmm. was kept in a quiet of a sleepy southern town that nobody discussed past, you know, the corner store where the locals, finger quotes, locals hung out. You know what I'm saying? So, now, if, if you recall, Uncle Crosby Smith was the man who had sworn to get Emmett back to Mamie. And he did just that. Now... He was standing on the pl- on the platform next to the pine box as the cargo man were like pulling it off the baggage car, and um, you know, Mamie's sitting there, not sitting there. Mamie's there, and she's having her come apart. She's melting down over the death of her son. Well, um, Rayfield Moody was with her along with her sweetheart. So a gentleman that she had begun dating was mm-hmm. also present. Okay, and his name was Gene Mobley. Now, Miss Mamie Till was actually Miss Bradley. And then Miss Mobley, and the reason I continue to call her Mamie Till is so that people make the correlation through the episodes that right. she was Emmett's mom. Same, same lady, same, same lady. But it, and it's no disrespect intended, no to her. But it just makes it easier for some of our listeners to follow. Or anyway, or me even me i'm I'm like (laughs) there's so many names um but anyway she uh her her sweetheart gene mobley was also with her now if you remember rayfield moody was the gentleman that was part of her extended family and he was a black politician so to speak Mm -hmm. um and he was part of her um like her pr team Mm -hmm. for this entire thing and he was also with her now um Crosby had actually pulled Rayfield aside and said, don't nobody need to see what's in that box.
1: No, hell no.
0: Yeah, he was like, don't even let him open it. Be sure to know, you know, don't let Mamie open that box. Don't let her see what's in there. And it was, it it was though Crosby was a he was... He was listening to me fumble fuck over my words. Yes, he was. (laughs) Yes, he was. Um, Thank you to the creators of Bang who have made my mouth move faster than it needs to. He was Uh, like,
1: he had one of those things in his ear and he was like, I'm sorry, ma'am. I'm sorry, Miss Mays. Can you slow the fuck down? Because I don't know what to say.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My brain's like, sweetheart, sweetheart. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Calm down. Chill. Chill. Your mouth is trying to run the race with you. But she is fat and slow. Your mind is (laughs) Bruce Jenner right now.
1: (laughs) There's an order in which this has to go. It's a brain and then you have to work together. This is like some Hands Across America
0: shit and I'm failing. Okay. So um, it was was a... There we go. There we go. Fucking meep. It was as though Crosby had intended to help Moses Wright keep his promise to the White Undertaker when he put Emmett in the box. Now I will do this. I will do the best to prepare this body. We'll ship it back to Chicago. But your part in this is nobody opens the box. Mm-hmm. Now, Mamie had also been accompanied to the um, to the train station with two bishops that were actually assisting with her weird weird chair with her wheelchair. And she had attempted to stand and, like, walk with the box to the hearse. And she keeps collapsing. Oh, I
1: can imagine. Um, Damn.
0: And I think it's a... I think it was a combination of, like, fear, grief, and just being overwhelmed where, like, your body is in full overload and doesn't know what to do. Mm -mm. And she's trying to carry on. Like, the woman... um, There was actually an article. And I want to say it was in the Times Magazine. And it was some some prick of a person, and I don't know their color. Uh, I, I know it was a man, but I don't know if it was a white man, black man, pink man, purple man. Um, something tells me they were probably white. But he was like, it was a production, you know, when she was on the... Oh, please. And I've got to find it because it's old. Like, it was in Times Magazine and it was in regards to the documentary that was actually filmed, like, late, late 90s. There's yeah, a hole in the crotch of my jammies I just found. Oh, no. I wonder if... Oh, yeah,
1: Sure. That's a good one.
0: Jesus Christ, some, there were some bits out. <laughs> Fuck. Um, people shouldn't let me into public. So anyway, it was a gentleman who was speaking in regards to the documentary that was released in 2003 or was being filmed. And they were talking about her her performance on the train platform. He's like, it was a total production. It was nothing more than, you know, dramatics and theatrics and shme-shme-shme-shme. Now, I got to find this, like, quote so I can quote the guy that said it. But I was like, you got to be shitting me.
1: Because you've had a child that was beaten and shot, left dead in the river right. to not be found with barbed wire around his head. You know, you yeah. know the story. We don't need to go back into that. But because you would feel normal if that happened to your kid.
0: I And I'm just saying that, you know, certain people might look at how she responded to this and be like, I wouldn't do that. Okay, but that's you. Right. You might be stoic and solemn and keep your shit together. That doesn't mean that other people will. And especially a mother who's just lost her only son. So anyway, when I read that quote, and he was like, it was a production. I'm like, oh, fuck off. Oh, bugger off. Um, do me a favor. Fuck. Off is the direction of which you need to fuck right now. Off. Off you go. Bye-bye. Off. So the another, uh, another thing that, that maybe had announced so to speak. Lord, take my soul and show me what you want me to do and make me able to do it. And she was like shouting this to the skies as her baby is being carted over to be hauled over to the funeral home. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe was not the first mother to have shed tears over a child that was lynched in Mississippi, okay? I mean... No. That's why people look at Emmett Till and they're like, so but why this one? Well, it was because... Mamie fucking made it so. She wasn't going to let her She's, kid
1: die for fucking... Yeah, she was done with yeah. everybody just sweeping it
0: under the rug and moving on like it's okay. Exactly. So, in 1942, which was um, 12 years before Emmett Till, two 12-year-old boys on August 12th, 1942, were spotted playing with a little white girl near a bridge, and they were seen by passing motorists. Now, this... They were just playing. Okay, nothing uh-huh. happened. They're just out there playing. They were spotted and the two boys that were fourteen were fo- they were oh shit. Sorry. The two boys that were fourteen at the time that were spotted by these motorists playing with a little white girl were subsequently charged with attempted rape. They were playing this just, is what
1: just to hanging out chilling. This is what frustrates rape. me
0: the most. Is, I guarantee you, that little girl had no fucking idea that that could be, like, this attempted rape. Like, we were swinging on tree branches. Like,
1: yeah, we were, it was fun. I told them to come and play.
0: They're little kids, man. Like I said, little kids are not inherently fucking racist piece of shits. They don't know. So, they were charged with attempted rape. Their names were Charlie Lang and Ernest Greased Green. Ernest Green. Now, these two little boys were actually seized from the jail in Quitman, where they were being held for attempted rape. The boys had their penises cut from their body, and they had chunks of flesh yanked off of their body with metal pliers, like tin snips. Right. Oh, and also, one of the little boys had a screwdriver crammed down his throat until it was actually protruding from his neck. Now, Uh. following this, the boys were then taken by the mob to the bridge, where they had been playing, which was actually a traditional hanging slash lynching spot in Clark County, and they threw the boys over, hung them there for um, like on display. Okay, now this comes from an NCAA, sorry, NAACP investigatory report. Sorry, and March Madness is getting yeah, I know. Sorry, guys. I fuck anyway. So why don't people hear about Charlie ling and Ernest Green?
1: Because their mom didn't make a big.
0: Because in the grand deal. scheme of things, mom let, and I'm not parent shaming. I'm not parent blaming. No. I think a lot of people were like, "Fuck my kid," but they didn't know how to stand up against. You know what I mean? Because in the if what if she had said something and she was still in the south, you know what if their mothers had been like, "Fuck this. This is not okay." Who's to say the same shit didn't happen to them the very next day? And it probably it probably would. It probably and that's would. That's why have. they didn't. And that's why they didn't. They were afraid.
1: Um, Plus it was a normal it, thing. It was like, well, oh, they got your kid too.
0: Exactly. Shit. Or what if they had more children that were possibly in danger of being hurt if they said something, if they did something? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And so there there were mothers that when Emmett Tills when Mamie took control of this and was like We're going to do something about this. And she gathered the masses. I'm sure that there were other mothers, like Charlie and and, Ernest's mother, that were like, yes, let's do something. Mm -hmm. So um, a photo was actually taken of the bodies. Of Charlie Lang and Ernest Green, and it was released by National Wire Services. Only one white newspaper had printed it. Several black news sources had reported on it and printed the photo with the lynching information. The New York Times reported the lynching but didn't post the the photo that was taken of the two boys. Okay. So there were things, there were things that people did in the news media to keep things tucked away in those quiet little burrows mm-hmm. like oh there was another lynching but you know we're just gonna leave that back we here don't for have that. any details uh, you yeah, heard nothing. Oh, it was an attempted rape no sir it was not you yeah. lying sack of shit weeks prior to the uh emmet till abduction a reverend was actually killed alongside another black man who were involved in efforts to register black voters George Lee and Lamar Smith were assassinated and the national press, as well as federal government, completely ignored the murders. It was as though the world had just accepted that, hey, this is Mississippi. This is part of normal life. Mm-hmm. Is it, though? Why then did Emmett Till capture the nation? Okay. So there's a few things. Was Mamie's grief spoken out? Was it Was it Mamie's grief? Okay. Spoken out loud that she made it so public? The beginning of the television era actually made it really easy to spread the word of his death. And people could see it. Like, they weren't just hearing it on the radio. They weren't reading it. They could see it. And yep. a, a visual is, when they say that a picture is worth a thousand words, man, you ain't fucking kidding.
1: Okay. That's why it fucks me up. Like, people think that I'm crazy when I can read it. I can talk about it. And I'm when fine. I see it, it fucks me up. Like when I was watching the documentary, I was literally not looking at it. I'm like, no, I'm
0: just gonna listen to it. If this. I don't
1: see it, it's not there. If I don't see oh it, it's not God. there. And then I would look and I'm like, oh God, what did you just do?
0: Oh, stop. Fuck. Yeah. Um So Emmett Till was considered a very strange phenomenon. You know what I mean? Like why people had been killing black boys for Decades, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? The shit wasn't uncommon. They'd been throwing black people in rivers, burying them and all kinds of shit. And now you've got Emmett Till, and people can see it. Mm-hmm. and it's it's almost it's almost like you can touch it, yeah. like once you once you start invading a person's senses, you can hear it, see it, smell it, taste it, touch it. Then you've made it very real. Mm-hmm. So when you read it, or you hear it, you're like, "Oh man, that's brutal. That's that's really unfortunate shit." But then you see it, and you're like, "Oh," and then you oh. can almost like it. There's just a, a triggering effect that takes place when you start to take hold of somebody's senses.
1: Well, it starts emotionally messing. Well, it, for me, when I see it, it starts getting me physically and emotionally. Like you're it's a Whole new. Mm-hmm. It's a whole.
0: We just leveled up. Exactly you leveled up that's a nice way to put it you just leveled up Mm -hmm. now it's really hard to say if it was a combination of the things with you know maybe being so outspoken the television what was it but Emmett Till's murder would never have made the movement without Mamie Mm -hmm. like let's just go ahead and make that yeah it would have not it would have been nothing first and foremost her grief being a public um a public thing to see that certainly was one of the largest parts the day that his body arrived in Chicago he should have been jumping off the train into his mother's arms telling her stories about his adventures um he should have been excited to go home and see his dog Mike um he should have been excited to see his grandmother Elma and spend the last days of his summer break before school playing in the sandlot playing ball with his friends yeah um hold on I'm gonna get upset he was supposed to have started school in just a few days. He still had a garage door. These are Alma's words. He still ain't finished that garage door. Aww. How cute is that? Like, in the grand scheme of things, like...
1: She's talking about what he didn't finish. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like, he still had a garage door to finish. He still needed to shine his shoes before the return of school, and he needed to fix his bicycle so that he had a way to, like, ride get to school.
1: I just got the chills again.
0: I don't like it. It, I know. So the anguished mother of a lost soul is trying to figure out how to move on without her purpose, trying to bury her heart and understand why. And so these are the things that she's been looking at that garage door, you know, and I'm smiling Mm. right now because I can see it. I do it too when my kids take off and they're gone and I like walk through the house and I'm like, little buttheads, they were supposed to have like Mm -hmm. emptied the kitty potty boxes or I walk outside and the trash cans haven't been brought in from the street. And I'm like... You know, he knows he was supposed to grab those trash cans, but they were excited. You know, they don't think about things. They're like, hey, peace out. I'm going to do this. And so you laugh about it. You're like, Little, a little butted. A yeah, little shit. They,
1: uh, and then They're like trying to slide by without doing it before they left.
0: And so she's like, you know, he, he still hasn't fixed his bike. He ain't finished the garage door. You know, there's these little things. And she's, you know, standing in the, the doorway of his bedroom looking in there. And she can see his shoes haven't been shined for school yet. And Emmett was really meticulous about his things. Mm-hmm. When he went to church and he went to school, he was always shined up like a new penny. Yeah. And so these are all those things. The only leverage that Mamie had with her public grief was the ability to cast a little shame and anger. Oh, scary! Let me get She was casting shame and anger at the nation for their lack of moral support surrounding her son. It was Mamie who would insist that the casket be open for Emmett Till and Raymond, okay, so Raymond Moody had claimed that it was him, that encouraged her to leave the box open that held the brutalities that took place in the South. Now, Mamie chose to display the wreckage that was in that pine box, and it was the damaged and destroyed body of Emmett Till. Obviously, let me res- Jesus feist. Jesus feist feist. <laughs> Jesus on rise. feist. Jesus feist like rice. Rayfield Moody had a, had actually claimed that he was the one to encourage Mamie to open the box that held the brutalities of the South. Now, Mamie was the one who chose to display the wreckage in the, po- the pine box, the box that held the damaged and broken body of Emmett Till. Mamie and the funeral director had clashed before they ever even left the train station, okay, about opening that fucking box. Oh. She knew that what she was doing, prying the nails out of that coffin and displaying the hate and the hurt within was a deliberate choice and she knew what it could entail for her Mm -hmm. she wanted to do it anyway now a.a rayner had agreed not to open that box and he had it in pen okay he was not forced required many people were required to sign documents okay yes now mamie demanded that he do exactly the opposite. And it had been sent to Mamie locked up and sealed by the state of Mississippi. Okay. Not just the undertaker, but the state of Mississippi. Now Raynor, who had served as the funeral director for many, many years on the South side of Chicago, Chicago knew that the grief set. He knew that grief set people in odd directions. Okay. Mm -hmm. Grief will make you do some weird shit. I had a fucking very expensive stuffed animal clone created of my dog. That was just a dog. Okay. Yeah a dog a dog now imagine losing a son
1: you can't get a stuffed animal clone of your son
0: um they that's fucking taking it a step too far i'm not mm-hmm. saying that i wouldn't i'm just saying that maybe you know you're okay. going to you might have to talk me out of it so He knew that grief set people in weird places and that maybe she was forgetting what was proper and what was best, however, maybe held her ground. She said to Mr. Rayner that he was very, or said about Mr. Rayner, that he was very patient and he was very kind, all the while explaining to her that he was required to sign papers to receive that body, that the undertaker in Mississippi was required to sign papers to send him, and that her relatives were bound by contract, written in ink with their fucking signature saying, I will not open this box. Just to get him out of Mississippi. They had to sign stuff mm-hmm. saying, we will not open this box. One condition, this box will stay closed. So Mr. Rayner, again, he's like, Mamie, no one ever needs to see what's hidden in there. No. Well, steadfast Mamie. She made her intentions very clear. "Good for you. God, I, I, would, I would love to have met this woman in person.-huh." She said, "That box is coming open." She said, "If I have to get a hammer and a crowbar myself, the box is coming open." She then told Mr. A.A. Rayner that she did not sign any papers, not one drop of ink spelling her, ma- her name made any promises that had ever been recorded that she wasn't going to open that box. She, the bereaved mother, told Rainer, I dare them to sue me, being the state of Mississippi, okay? I dare them to come up here and sue me. Let them try and sue me for opening that box, which let's let's face it that would have been pretty brazen of anybody i don't give a shit who you are what state you're from but if a representative from the state of mississippi had made their way to chicago and been like you broke this contract we're gonna sue you we're right gonna here. sue you even though she had nothing to do with it she didn't sign anything Mm-mm. and she was 100 within her legal rights as the mother the custodial parent of emmett till to open that motherfucker and none of the other people broke theirs because they didn't open it they didn't open the box So, but would, could you, could you have fucking, wrap your brain around that, could you imagine somebody actually showing up, knocking on her door and being like, excuse me, um, we're here to serve you papers, we're suing you for opening that box. She's like, on what grounds? Oh, dude. Prior to having left the station with Emmett's body, there had been a, a photographer that was notified about the location of where the body and the family were going, and they had been instructed to follow Now, whether it was Mamie or one of her companions, Mr. Baker was the photographer, and he was instructed to follow them to A.A. Rayner and Sons' funeral home. She had a plan set in motion. Okay, On 41st Street in Cottage Grove, where the body of Emmett was to be delivered, which is about a 30-minute, I mapped this myself because it didn't specify, it's about a 30-45-minute drive, before anybody could get there, the smell of Emmett's body. hmm Yeah. That's what I've been thinking about the whole time. Yeah. So, unfortunately, it's now six days later. Oh. The body's in a state of decomposition. It has been sunk into formaldehyde, and this is starting to be observed by Mamie and the family that's being transported with the body, okay? Um, the body, you know, soaked in formaldehyde and subsequently packed into lye and lime to even be shipped because they they had to take in consideration the the people that were on the train that might actually
1: smell mm-hmm. things
0: coming. Mm-hmm. Um, not only that, but their luggage had been in uh-huh. that baggage train as well. Mm-hmm. And not trying to be disrespectful. Not one I No, iota, but it's... But it's real life. Okay? Y- yeah. You don't want to take your belongings off a train and have it smell...
1: Like a decomposing body. body. So it's they like the body farmer bath bomb, but not not even close. That's so, what you would think it would smell like with the name like that. But,
0: so they they packed him in lie um, to to try and alleviate some of that smell. Now the body was obviously rotting away, and this caused the group to be like, "Holy shit!" You know, they're like, "Okay, the, we're going to have to take this body out of the box. Can you imagine what's going to come out of it?" out of the box if it smells like this in the box now the staff of the funeral home had set off several canisters of deodorants trying to mask the smell and they were very unsuccessful in their attempts um, and they were trying to create a more inviting slash less putrid environment for maybe to observe her son now mimi was held in a waiting room while Emmett's body oh, yeah. was being prepared
1: bless you sorry i was trying to hide it bless then you bless it, you one too fui. then it came out like a a
0: you actually sounded like Tinkerbell. a little church yeah <laughs> so um the staff was trying to to buy more time as emmett's body was being put out for viewing and she's she's being very relentless at this point she's like demanding to see her son no preparations i don't care let me see my son now rainer a, a. rainer the gentleman that owns the funeral home and he's the director he comes gets mamie her father and her sweetheart Jean and they're taken into the room where Emmett's body is finally resting on a cold slab for embalming. Mm. So Mr. Rayner had tried um, Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, he had tried several times to persuade Mamie to forego viewing the body, and he didn't think that she should see him ever in this state. I don't either. Because this is, this is how you're going to remember your son. Uh-huh. Like You're not ever going to be able to wipe that from your memory. It's kind of like when people are like, so-and-so's viewing is on. The, I I don't no. go to viewings anymore.
1: No, me either. I, do, I don't want to see Because I remember somebody that I went to. That's the only way I remember them. I try to think of how they looked when they were alive, and I can't
0: remember The last viewing that I went to, um, I actually saw, well, my grandfather's funeral, um, and my grandfather died of cancer, and he was very sick and very skinny and very pale, and he didn't look like grandpa at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't ever want to remember people, especially if they've been in some sort of accident or or they've been very ill. I don't ever want to see that person like that.
1: See, that's the one. Her face, like half of her face got torn off by a fence. I took her home from school that day. Like, it was...
0: Mm. They had gotten fucked up that night and crashed out on the roller coaster hills.
1: I was supposed to be driving him that night, but my mom wouldn't let me go.
0: <gasps> oh, sad face. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. Uh, but seeing her, like, they it tore off her whole, like, half of her face and her ear. And they brought it back on and sewed it on.
0: And then tried to putty over it.
1: Yeah. And that's uh. how I remember. I can't...
0: Like, you can't I can't unsee that shit.
1: I can remember what she looks like, but that's all
0: I ever see. That's fucking crazy. Um, so, so you can see why he would have said that. Mm-hmm. Um, her father and her boyfriend stood at her to sides to like steady her and get a hold of her, so that in case she collapsed mm-hmm. again. And the 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 thing is, is they knew it was gonna it was gonna be a ghastly sight. Yeah. Mamie had said that she didn't even think the body was human at the first glance. When she looked at it, she's like, what the hell is that? And once it, once it dawned on the poor woman that that was the body that was her son, she, ro- like, she recoiled in shock and horror. Now, she gathers herself up and she prepares herself for the task. And what she said was it was up to her to thoroughly examine that body like a forensic doctor to make sure that it was in fact Emmett. Oh hell no! So she started at his feet, moving to his ankles and her knees, or his knees that she said very closely resembled her own knees. Because mm. you realize, like when you look at your baby, you're like, oh, she's she's got my chubby bum or she's got my short pudgy toes or long toes or whatever she's like i looked at his knees and she's like very closely resembles That's my knees
1: how i would get calvin too because he's got my fat knees like we both have you know yeah
0: so she's she's moving her way up and she sees emmett's face now the one thing that you didn't see In the photos, he had a very large swollen tongue that was like protruding from his mouth in a very grotesque, like choked manner. And his right eye was actually resting on his cheek and it was dangling only by the optic nerve. And the left eye no longer existed at all.
1: Oh, shit.
0: The bridge of his nose had been chopped open with a cleaver from like side to side. Mm-hmm. And the top of his head was completely open. The top of his head was split from ear to ear and the bullet hole that was behind his temple, you mm-hmm. could literally see daylight like shining through his skull. Mm-hmm.
1: I think in the documentary that was his mom saying that. Yeah, the one was. that I watched because I was like, well, I wasn't looking at it like I said. Yeah. So, but I think that it was her voice saying that. I was like, oh my. Oh yeah, you could, God, he had
0: daylight shining through his skull. Um. So when she finished what she was there to complete to do, which was the review confirming that it was Emmett's body, her boyfriend, her sweetheart, Gene Mobley, was a local barber, and he agreed. He was like. I'd know that haircut anywhere. That's Bobo. Because he was the one that used to cut his hair.
1: Aww. So
0: Mamie knew that her son must have called out her name and she knew it in her heart. And her thoughts turned to how... Of, oh, I'm going to get upset. Her thoughts turned to how her son had probably called out for her that night. Mm-hmm. While, like, And she started thinking about knowing... That he wasn't gonna make it, knowing that he was gonna die, that he wasn't gonna make it home, and like what he must have felt and what he was thinking when he realized, like, I'm not going wasn't. home. Yeah. I'm not gonna get home. Mm. She said, Let the people see what they've done to my boy. She made the cast iron decision to have open casket funeral, and Mr. Moody went out to speak with the minister about using the church for the services. Sorry, I'm gonna cry. Like, I'm sorry. But you see fucking what they've done to your kid and he shows up in this horrifying state and you can see fucking sun shining through his goddamn skull where they've bashed it in and shot him.
1: With his eye hanging out? With his...
0: Yeah, dude. I'm like, holy crap. All right. So, no. um... Ugh. There's no way... Get I'm- your shit. Get it all together. Poop in a group. Read your fucking story. Ugh. Mm. So, Mr. Moody had gone out to contact the minister about using the church. He told the minister they simply needed a place where the boy could be seen, okay? Um, It might not stop lynching altogether, but it would be the start of an end to the lynching in Mississippi, he told the minister, Mr. Moody, told the minister. They've thrown everything into the river until it be full. Now you've got a chance to be a great man and let us use that church. Now whatever convinced the minister, whether it was Mamie, whether it was the situation, or if it was Mr. Moody, that church was in fact open that night to view the body. Rayner had tried not to impede Mamie's plan for the open casket after she saw the body. He instead asked if he should retouch the body. Now Mamie had told him not to do that. He wanted to make it a little bit more presentable for the, I mean, this Mm -hmm. is his job. You've got to stop and think about. Yeah. He's not doing this as a disrespect. He's doing it because this is literally his fucking job Mm -hmm. as a funeral director. Um, And he wanted to make the corpse a little bit more presentable for the public. And Mamie was like, no, I want to see, I want the world to see what they've done. Now, I
1: get both of their sides. Right. If she's doing it, you might as well
0: do it. Let's that would this. have been so difficult. So, because Mister Rayner went against Mabie's decision and wishes, so what he decided to do was he had pushed the tongue back, mm-hmm. which when you see the photos and you see the bulging in his—that's his tongue. Mm-hmm. So they had shoved the tongue back in and stitched the mouth shut to hide the the grotesque protruding tongue. He also had show, sewn his eyes shut after removing the loose eyeball and he attempted to sew in portions of the skull, like back together on the side that it was beaten in so badly. I mean, even though he attempted these few futile things, the body was still in a horrendous state. Mm -hmm. But he did these few things because I mean, the body's going to be displayed. It's It's decomposing as we speak mm-hmm. like it's just gonna get worse and worse and worse yeah so he did he did do a few things even though Mamie said not to and even though Mr Rayner had gone against her wishes for the touch-ups she was very polite and she was very gracious about everything the man done man had done and she even went to him and told him that you've done a beautiful job how hard was that you've done a beautiful job my kid still looks. Like the worst thing imaginable on the face of the planet, you did a beautiful you job. You did a beautiful job. Did a beautiful job. One of the feats that Mister Rayner did did manage, he placed the body in an airtight glass display case to contain the like, contain the smell that's permeating from this like, reeking, rotting body. Okay. Mm-hmm. The first public viewing of Emmett was that evening. The Chicago Defender reported that more than fifty thousand people were standing in lines wrapped around the block—men, women, and children—yeah, waiting to see the mangled corpse of Emmett. Damn. Itself. And they were there to pay their respects. Now the estimates on the viewers would vary, but the num- like the number nonetheless stayed in the tens of thousands. Now there were others who would glow, glow. Fuck, Angel. Now, there were others that would go on to claim that they had a hand in Mamie's decision to display the body post-mortem. One was a field secretary from the NAACP, his name was Medgar Evers, who believed that he had been responsible for talking Mamie into having the open casket. Now, Mamie did acknowledge that the man was committed and compassionate, and he was... Um, he was the gentleman that did like the initial investigation and briefing for the heads of state or like mm-hmm. the heads of office for the NAACP on Emmett's murder. She said that he had been uh, she had been very moved by his dedication to Emmett's death and that Mr. Evers and his associates had been. Um, they, they had also been very taken back by the entire situation, including, you know, the display Um, They had also done something similar. Uh, It was for um, George Lee, the man that had been executed in Mississippi for helping um, motivate black voters Uh to take their place. So he had been assassinated with um, Lavar, and they did an open casket for them.
1: Oh.
0: um, With results so to speak finger mm-hmm. quotes results it had a very it had a very substantial impact on people now Mamie noted in her and her memoir how she came to the decision to hold the open casket and I am going to read that to you Okay, so the book The Blood of Emmett Till by Mr. Timothy Tyson contains bits and pieces from her memoir as, um, as well as his cousin's memoir and a few other things. But what she stated was, I knew that I could talk for the rest of my life about what happened to my baby. I could explain in great detail. I could describe what I saw laid, there out, laid out there on the slab at A.A. Rayner's place. One piece, one inch, one body part at a time. I could do all of that, and the people would still not get the full impact. They had to see what I had seen. The whole nation had to bear witness to this. I knew that if they walked by the casket, if people opened the pages of Jet Magazine or the Chicago Defender, if other people had to see, had seen it with their own eyes, then together we would find a way to express what we had seen. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So the you know Mimi and Moody Moody M- Moody Mr. Rayfield Moody are still doing their work on the phones. They're still having to go to the church and deal with the insane amount of people that are coming there to pay their respects. So the newspapers are also boasting of that's a that's a pretty bold way to toward that but Mm -hmm. the newspapers were boasting about the number the sheer volume of people that are coming to this church to see things now they also had to create a special section that it was like the recuperation section yeah of of the viewing okay where you
1: have the pukers and
0: right it was basically so they had men and women who were dressed in white who would go and get people who needed to sit and rest and recuperate Um, People that had fainted, people who had been ill, people that were like physically not doing well from seeing his remains. That's how fucked up this was. Now, Uh. there were streets that were clogged from like 40th to State Street. Curious mourners, viewers waiting to pay their respects. But everybody was there to see the battered body of their hometown boy. So this was like many of these viewers had actually been escapees of the Jim Crow Violence. Mm-hmm. Now, Jim Crow laws were state and local laws that were enforced racial segregation in the Southern United States. All were enacted in the late 19th and early 20th centuries by white Democratic-dominated state legisl- legislatures after the Reconstruction period, and the laws were enforced until 1965.
1: So, if holy you hear, holy me- shit!
0: Yes. So, if you hear me say Jim Crow laws, for those of you who are not. In the know, that is what those are. Those were segregation laws, and they were well enforced. Um, how many folks actually sent their children, like the people that were lo- like there looking at this body, how many of these people sent their children and their like families down to the South for the summer? How many of these people had actually given the same lecture Mamie gave Emmett to their own children or their nieces and nephews? Um, at this particular juncture, it wasn't even fear that these people felt anymore at this point it's rage of course and the african americans on the south side were aware now that they had a hold like they're like our our opinion our voice matters and they no longer were in a position where they had to hide their anger that's the mm-hmm. best part of this is they're like look finally. at what she can do we can fucking do it too mm-hmm. finally you know what i mean there were ha- there were half a dozen uniform uniformed police officers that had to escort Mamie to the funeral services that took place for Emmett on a Tuesday. The Robert, okay, this is a mouthful. Give me a second. The Roberts Temple Church of God in Christ was a maximum, maximum, I sound like Popeye. Max, come <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it was a maximum capacity of 1,500. However, there were thousands more outside. So just beyond the interior of the Holy House, they had put up loudspeakers so that everybody who was seated on the outside could still hear the services. And there was a, a sermon that was given by Bishop Ford, which was basically based off Matthew 18.6. And the verse, if you're unfamiliar with it, is anyone... Oh, okay. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. Whoa. Basically, saying it was better for them to die than the child, which I agree with. Uh huh. So, there had been a collection plate that was being passed around during these services, and they were for finger quote fighting dollars. Now, this was something that they had. They had asked them to take up a collection from the crowd to fight and support the struggle for racial justice. $700 was immediately given and collected for legal aid. The money collected over the next several weeks um, and months went to support Emmett's family as well as the NAACP. $700 Mm -hmm. in like a matter of minutes. That's insane. Dude, this is 1955. That's a fuck ton of money. That is. Yeah. So... Mamie had decided what to do next with the attention of the world because she's got she's America. Got yeah, she's got them in the palm of her hand. She now commanded everything and all eyes were on her. She had no idea what she was going to do, though. She's like, first and foremost, how the fuck am I going to make it through this? Like, it was my only kid, my only son.
1: And horrifying things happened and now I've got to be strong for everybody else to lead everybody through
0: this. Exactly. She knew that it wasn't going to get any easier. And this is now not just like a spiritual struggle for her. It's a political struggle, too. Mm-hmm. That she, and she's got to endure all of this. I mean, she's got to make something. What, what she put in her memoir was that she had to make her son's life meaning, meaningful in a way that hadn't happened in a time when he was alive. Damn. The Chicago Tribune. Chib, Chicago Tribune. Had actually reported that Mamie collapsed and needed assistance, having had like after having looked at her son the last time, like the final mm. before he went into the dirt. The she- final goodbye. Yep. In Mississippi, the Greenwood Morning Star reported that Reverend J. A. Perkins declared that the butchery of Emmett Till did something to everyone. It was widely acknowledged that if there had been differences in opinion when it came to the the path of citizenships. You know, some people were like, ah, we don't need to, like, rock the boat. And citizenship being amongst the African-American people, Mm -hmm. okay? They were like, we don't need to rock the boat. We need to do this quietly and carefully and calculated. And other people were like, no, say it loud, say it proud. I'm fucking black and I matter. Which, fuck, I agree. Like, Uh everybody deserves the same civil rights. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That being said, this basically, the death of this young boy basically unified people. It had spurred the fight against segregation and people were now ready to battle for what they, as human beings, not black, not white, not male, not female, fucking human Human. beings. You deserve these rights and they're ready to stand against the wrong that they have long suffered, you know? Mm -hmm. Photograph, so photographers had actually snapped photos of Emmett's body, okay? We told you about Mr. Baker Mm -hmm. who had actually been notified, hey, this is where we're going for funeral. Now, David Jackson with Jet and Ernest Withers from the magazine Ebony had close-ups and full-body shots of Emmett. There had been other publications who took photos, but it would be those two of Emmett's face that were in Jet Magazine September 15th that was passed around barber shops, beauty shops, churches, college campuses, just four days before the trial of J.W. Millam and Roy Bryant. everybody is seeing these photos okay now television coverage of emmett's murder had a greater impact than anybody ever expected in 1955 even the most seasoned general journalists and reporters were unprepared for what they call the first media frenzy that became of emmett mill's emmett mill he's gotten a new name sorry about that of emmett till's murder The television made sure that civil rights violation stories were no longer those, you know, buried, hidden away little secrets that, you know, shuffled around the minorities in small sleepy towns. Mm -hmm. No, no. Now America had this shit sitting in front of them while they ate dinner,
1: while they were trying to get
0: their kids ready for school. You know, that was the first thing they saw not only in their home, but at work. This was everywhere. And you have to explain to your kids what's going on because they see it. Oh TV. yeah. You now have the hate and brutality just staring you unblinking in the face.
1: And you have to deal with
0: it now. And now everybody knows, okay? Everybody sees it. The television showed the crowds, the body under the glass, every network operating was operating off a of film that was acquired by Chicago in Chicago. So mm-hmm. you didn't get to f- you didn't you didn't have the option of using film that was Taken and edited or collected by somebody who had a different agenda. No, no. Nay, nay. No. You get to use what was filmed in Chicago by Chicago. So it was the dirty, dirty. The nitty yep. gritty. Oh, all of it. All's it. All of that. All of that. Fierga, say, was all of that. Mm-hmm. Members of the black national congregations had launched campaigns, rallies. They were writing letters and holding fundraisers and supporting drives that were moving a horror story into the masses. It was a cry for call and action, and it was happening. Northern and southern cities alike were coming together as one, as an urgent collection for action that the world had never seen. And it was all in the name of Emmett Till. Damn. Yes. Damn. Yes. Shit's getting real. And it was still ten years before the Jim Crow Jim Crow laws were actually abolished and taken care of, Mm -hmm. to where civil rights were made available to everyone, 10 years following that. Damn. Crazy, huh? That's what I have to say. Damn. 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 So that's where we're going to set today. That's where we're going to leave you. And I know that this episode was a bit shorter than previous ones, but... I have all of the trial coming for you next Wednesday. Yes, we needed to keep. I like that it's separate because
1: we got to process this and next week we get to process the motherfucking
0: trial. And the trial is a doozer. Um, I had intended to wrap up the, the entire Emmett Till case today. And as I was typing last night and I'm looking at the book material and I'm looking, you know, you can get on Wikipedia and read about the trial. But you won't know what I know. (laughs) 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 Because I read books. Because I am smart and I read books.
1: I'm not smart, but I read books.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So next week we will talk about the trial where uh, Emmett's family and Mamie are present. We will talk about J.W. Millen. We'll talk about Roy Bryant. And that will be the final installation. So next week, join us for the conclusion of the murder of Emmett Till. And until then, ladies and gentlemen, be good to each other. And uh, stay Stay out out of chalk lines. lines. Goodbye. Goodbye.